everyone and welcome to episode 11 of Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. And I'm Carlos. And today we're finally talking about anime. Well, <laughs> you wanted to do that for a long time. I have been bugging you like crazy. Like, we need to talk about anime. We're nerding in the deep. How have we not talked about an anime subject You're yet? You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> in fairness, we had a lot of other good topics to talk about. Exactly. I also think the same. But to kick us off with talking about anime, we're talking about what is considered by a lot of people one of the greatest anime of all time. Well, I consider it the greatest anime of all time, but I can understand why some people just put it in the top or one of the tops. Yeah, they're allowed their opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, we're talking about One Piece. Yeah. Pirates! Woo, pirates! So before we get into it, mm -hmm. spoiler alert. We will try to spoil as little as possible because we understand that One Piece has a lot of episodes, a lot of, of manga chapters, so you might be a bit behind. Mm -hmm. But to get some of our points across, we are going to have to talk a lot about the series, so the spoiler alert still stands. Yeah, yeah. There we are, there's going to be a spoilers. We're going to try to avoid the biggest or major spoilers. So at least, you know, if you decide after this episode to watch One Piece... You are safe of the major spoilers, but be sure that we are going to be talking about characters or about situations that they may be spoilers in the future. Yeah. This episode, we're mainly going to be looking at why we think One Piece has been so successful and why it continues to be successful mm -hmm. to this day. For those of, do of you don't, that don't know, One Piece started in 1997. Yeah, and that's more than 25, well, no, around 25, yeah, 25 years ago has been the anniversary right now. So. Yeah. So it's been around a while and there has been talks that Oda, the author, wants to try and finish it around 2025, but it's also Oda, so I would take that with a pinch of salt. Exactly. Wanting <laughs> and trying and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's apparently the last saga has mm -hmm. started, but sagas can go on for years, so so we we won't hold him to 2025. No, not for now. But it is it is the best-selling manga of all time. It has sold over 516 million copies. So just to give you a comparison, uh -huh. the second best-selling manga is Dragon Ball. Okay. And it sold only, well, only 300 million copies. 300 million. Oh, wow. But... So it's a lot. Yeah, it's kind of... No, it's not the double, but yeah. It's it, close it, enough. It, it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a lot. It's a lot if you compare first with second. Yeah. And it's, like we said, starting in 1997 and still going, it's very long. The uh, the manga has over 1,000 chapters, mm -hmm. 104 volumes, and is the 21st longest manga series by volume count. Yeah, the 21st. It, it is surprising that it's not closer to the, the first positions, but then, of course, if you then go to the list of mangas yeah, and animes. Yeah, like Captain Tsubasa's up yeah, there, yeah. Detective Conan. The, the Detective Conan is just behind One Piece, but then you have, of, of course, the classic Kochikame, that is the third one, for example. But yeah, you have a lot of mangas that, for, for instance, I didn't know or I didn't know about, but that they are longer. Yeah, long-standing ones. Yeah, but as we can say, the uh, longer doesn't mean that they are the best-selling ones, true. because here the king is One Piece for now. And, oh, and, hail One Piece. Yeah, and by a, as we can see, by a large, large <laughs> yeah. distance. 
So for those that haven't read the, the manga, the anime at this time of recording has 1043 episodes. Yep. I am one of those people that have only watched the anime. Yeah, so that's something to take a point of view because I know that sometimes fans, we are, and I include myself there, we are very committed into the into our passions. So if Valerie said something that maybe in the manga it has been portrayed different or longer or shorter or whatever, take into account that her experience is mostly anime. So if something drags out, sometimes it's Toei's yeah, fault. It's Toei's fault. I absolutely oh, yeah. agree that it's Toei's fault. <laughs> yeah, or if something gets explained in a different way, or for example, if you are caught up with the with the manga, well, take into account that Valerie hasn't. So that means that the last saga is finished in the manga, but not in the anime. So there are a lot of things that she doesn't know. So it's normal that some I, things are inaccurate. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I would love to to start the manga, and one day I will. But um, I am human, and yeah. I have a full time job and a master's. Yeah, like that like over a thousand chapters of a manga i understand <laughs> that it's like, a lot of time no. of your life yeah <laughs> but one day i i, I hope that i mm-hmm. can have the time to to read it because i love i love one piece so so much but i it wasn't something i was automatically drawn to i'm very new to to one piece to be honest with you it was something that i wasn't automatically drawn to neither when i started watching it uh in the manga they just had started with skypea mm-hmm and not the best one <laughs> no but the main the i like skype though but the thing is and in the anime i remember that in spain they were we had arabasta mm-hmm. the main thing is that for me the animes that i always have watched it was more like kind of like dragon ball uh something more fighting style and all and all that stuff uh first of the north star <laughs> things like that Julia! yeah <laughs> uh, you hakusho things like that yeah What's the main issue? That when I saw uh, One Piece at the beginning, it's it's so it it looked a little bit for kids. That's exactly yeah. why I I didn't start uh, reading or watching it. Like I had a lot of friends that were fans, but they weren't they weren't good friends. They didn't mm-hmm. explain to me how amazing One Piece is, and that it's not just a childish show about a guy with a straw hat going around pirating. Yeah, that look that has the powers of Mister Fantastic, yeah. who I am not fan of. So. <laughs> At the end, it was a little bit everything for me. Mm. And then I remember my brother, he was watching it in the Spanish TV. And I started watching with him and it was completely different. I was amazed by it. And then I started reading it. And well, that that has been more than 10 years, more than 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, that then I started to love the, um, the manga. Mm-hmm. Because of the three big ones that there were in the moment, Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece, probably Bleach or Naruto, because I liked more the fighting and all mm-hmm. that stuff, would have been closer what I yeah, would have been. Sense. But to be honest, One Piece, I fell in love 100% once I started reading and watching yeah. it, and it has been until now. It's so easy to fall in love with One Piece. It is, but you have to give the opportunity. Like, I understand... If you have never watched or read One Piece, that you see 1,000 episodes and it looks like a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand that. And I then I see why the point of you see a rubber guy called Monkey the Luffy, that it's not attractive for the eye, at least for the first time, you know? Until you start reading more into it, you yeah. start learning how it goes, and then... 
I think it's a, a hell of a ride. It is. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Why you should watch One Piece. Yeah. And why I can... If if Oda decides to keep doing this for the next 20 years, I'll follow along. Mm -hmm. I'm with him. By the way, I know that Oda is not, li not listening to us. But Oda, if you are listening to us, <laughs> we are doing a little bit of a promotion here. So Yeah, pay up. Yeah. <laughs> you have all that One Piece money. Come yeah. on. <laughs> 516 million copies you got some books there yeah a couple <laughs> just a couple but i think one of the things that really draws people to one piece and the first thing we're going to talk about is world building world building is something very important you know that me as a master of narrative that i am <laughs> i love world building i love when a story is well connected and as the word world building says it's well built yeah. Uh, story has to have their good foundations there. And One Piece, I think it's one of those stories where you can think, oh my god, it is everything, not everything connected, but it is mostly everything. The world is well connected, the, the points are there, and the connections are there. He, he does those things that he puts pinches of salt in the past to connect them long, long, long in the future. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples yeah. of that. So there are there's this character called Doflamingo that has their own arc later uh -huh. in the series. So we meet Doflamingo 500 chapters before he actually becomes uh, a main character, main piece of the story. But to put that in like years, that's like almost 10 years that we met the character before he became particularly relevant. And everyone was super hyped about him, I remember. <laughs> uh, but that's what happens. You know that Doflamingo is going to be probably an enemy because he's part of the warlords of yeah. the sea. So at the end, you know, okay, he's going to be an enemy in the future. But you never expect those 10 years to go through. Yeah. If you haven't read One Piece, you won't understand it. But if you have read, I'm just going to say Laboon. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. Oh my god. Because I'm going to say for spoilers. So I'm just going to say Laboon. Yeah, and I wouldn't want that bit spoiled yeah. because I think it's one of the most beautiful bits of One Piece. And I bawled my eyes out at that episode. Exactly. It's the most I ever cried at One Piece. And I've cried a lot. Yeah, but you can see why things are so well built. It's like I'm putting here a seed. We'll come back when it's a tree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. We have another character. Uh, Izu, who we meet in the Marine Fort War, but and we think he's just a, a character with the white beard pirates, like mm -hmm. just one of those um, side, kind, character. kind of side characters. Yeah. He becomes a major character in Wano. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the surprising things. So you have a lot of people that maybe they would have been side characters, but in this situation, I think that also Oda learns about the popularity of the characters among the fans, and he maybe thinks about introducing them again later in the future. But it's it's a really well built and really well thought everything. Everything feels done on purpose. There's nothing that's ever happened in One Piece where I'm like, I, that makes no sense. That is a huge massive plot hole. Everything is really well thought out for me. Yeah, or at least if there are any plot holes now, I cannot think about them. There, are, there uh, always is. Everything, uh, even the things that feel like super complete and well done, there's always like tiny, tiny little plot holes that you can find if you really want oh, to. Oh, well, of course, you're going to find plot holes, but that doesn't allow you to enjoy it. Like we yeah. enjoy Harry Potter and has massive plot holes and we or we enjoy the Lord of the Rings yeah. and it also has plot holes. So at the end, everything had plot holes. 
the thing about this world, build, world building and makes it so special is how much care there is to make those plot holes smaller. Yeah. The same as there is plot armor. Of course there is plot armor. You need a bit of plot and, armor. And Luffy would have died long ago yeah, without and, some of and, and surrounding Luffy, there's tons of plot armor. But at the same time, there's sometimes that Oda creates his plot armor so you cannot see it like a Deus Ex Machina or anything like that. You cannot see it like just, oh, because he's the main character, this has happened to him. He's just saved yeah. by the... No, no. I think his poison resistance is a really good example of that. Exactly. Oda decided to give Luffy a poison resistance, but it was after a very, very painful lesson, mm -hmm. after Impel Down, and... It is it is great how he does it. Like a, a lot of people didn't like it, but for because they thought it was overpowered, OP, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I really like it because it, at least there's a reason. For there's it. a reason. Yeah. Luffy is almost about to die. He gets hormones in in order. You know, don't think about what a human being would be in our world because our world has different laws than One Piece world. So think in the One mm. Piece world. You know, at the end he gets. That kind of immunity and all that stuff. But it's not a plot of armor of, oh, the poison didn't work on him because it didn't work because he's the main character, you know? No, he had to struggle. For two days. Yeah. And a lot. <laughs> For those that watch it in Japanese, you'll get that right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the good things, you know, that even some of the plot armor or some of the strengths are not just because the, he is the main character they are well well built and explained of course there are gonna be other stuff that it happens to luffy that is just okay this is just mere luck and you yeah know. but i think they, they've always hinted that because he has d in his name he has that kind of luck that those people tend to have yeah similar of the tavern in in the wheel of time yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah basically i remember when we first started watching um and we were hopping from island to island i was like do we ever go back uh-huh and you explained to me that we'll see characters again but they always come to the straw hats the straw hats never go back and i think that's one of the reason the world building works so well we're always getting something new yeah um, and exciting is like exciting. Uh, because every island is completely different you yeah. have a desert island you have the island in the sky you have an island that is more ruled by pirates you have an yeah. island that it's more like uh, toys or more mediterranean or more like so every single island i remember that i had and i still have that feeling of when they are well in this case in the thousand sunny mm -hmm. when it's like where are they gonna go what are they gonna find yeah. which is the new adventures that which is gonna be the next island for and i think that's one of the magical things of one piece that every single island is a different world and that's beautiful because you as a reader discover yourself thinking oh what things they are gonna find yeah there's a joy of discovery like you said all of the islands kind of have their own cultures their own problems that they're trying to deal with we have alabasta like you mentioned as a, as a desert island their culture is based a lot around the lack of water and how they try to get it they're in the middle of a civil war when luffy kind of becomes involved with them we have Fishman Island that is kind of torn between wanting to integrate with humans. Then you have the other side that wants to destroy humans because of the years of racism and fear. You have um, Drum Kingdom who has a, a, a corrupt leader and is suffering with oppression. Yeah, and not everything is bad. Then you have places like Water 7 
which is a city basically a bit like Venice. Yeah. Um, well, it's based on Venice, all I said. So. Naturally, because they have so much to do with water, they've based their um, their economy on the process of shipbuilding. And because they are very close to the marine quarter, so they can really sell their ships to the marines also and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, and then we have the, the world in general. Like, each island has stuff going on, but then the, there's a lot going on in the world of One Piece. We have um, a corrupt government, we have celestial dragons, we have enslavement... We have the revolutionary army wanting to fight back. We have the fact that pirates are taking over the place. Um, all of this is going on. And it's one of the, the great things about One Piece for me is that, yes, we're following the main characters and their story. But all of these side characters that we meet in these islands, everything still moves forward, even when the main characters are mm-hmm. there. They're not there to progress the plot of these side characters. These side characters are... Characters on their own. Yeah, so one of the beautiful things is that, of course, Luffy's actions make the world move. Because at the end, what he does, like defeating warlords or doing this or doing that, it makes the world of One Piece move and makes other pirates or other governments or other things take the opportunity or the advantage that now that Luffy has dethroned this person or has captured this one or whatever they take that place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, apart from people taking advantage of what Luffy is doing or or not taking advantage, in, not, don't understand it in the bad way. Sometimes bad things happen or sometimes good things happen. Mm. But apart from that, it is great that we can see that the world doesn't need Luffy to keep going forward. The events still happen and there are these massive powers behind it yeah we have reverie for example where we see past characters like rebecca and vivi and shirahashi all meeting together they're all talking about luffy because why wouldn't you um but they're the world is progressing while so uh, when reverie is happening for example uh luffy is in wano yeah uh, doing all the stuff that happens in wano but we we see Reverie happened, we see it hinted that the Revolutionary Army and Sabo has gotten into some mm-hmm. trouble and that's probably going to come up later. So all of these pieces keep moving. We don't need to have the Straw Hats there to, to progress the world. Yeah, and you have a lot of uh, side things. And I agree exactly what happens in Marineford. It was supposed that Kaido was going to appear in Marineford or invade an island that Whitebeard was protecting but he couldn't protect it because he was in Marineford and we are also heard that Shanks appear and stops Kaido so even in the background things move. That is always great because makes exactly what you say the world alive. Yeah. Having characters in the reverie and that's where it struck me most uh, but it happens all the time but that's the moment that Mm. it struck me most when you have characters like Elizabeth, um, Bibi, Rebecca, Sirahoshi, you said. Then, uh, of course. Oh, the new leader of the Drum me- Kingdom. Me- Mention Dalton, the, yeah. the leader, yeah. of, the new king of the Drum Kingdom. Or Wapol coming back. Or Sabo's brother, um, that I forgot his name right now. Uh, <laughs> Lucy or something. I think he, he was Lucy, but I, I'm not sure, so I'm not gonna call him no, that. Lucy is the name that Luffy gives himself when he's fighting in the uh, dress True, true. But he. He has a name like that. But seeing all those pieces moving in the background, the same when you see uh, Blackbeard moving in the background, doing stuff, you know, it, it, it is what it really makes the world so rich. Yeah. So, so rich that the main character is doing this. And probably what the main character is doing is going to shake the world. But at the same time, 
this other thing is happening that mm -hmm. probably will shake the world too. Yeah. One of the other things that I think really helps with the, with the characters and with world, world building is everything always feels balanced. Mm -hmm. You've spoken a little bit about that. Luffy is OP in, so, in some parts. He's overpowered. Yeah. Uh, but they always find ways to balance that out. Like one of the things I always uh, laugh at is if they need Luffy to not show up for a while because he would just kick someone's ass, yeah. they get him stuck somewhere. Oh, like in Water 7, <laughs> he gets stuck in between two houses. Yeah. Or, or he, he gets eaten by an animal or something. Yeah. He gets like eaten that. by, yeah, in, in, how it's called, in Skypea. Yeah. You have bits like that. And then you also have just the, the balancing of powers mm -hmm. as well. When we have Alabasta, we have um, Crocodile as yeah. the main villain who is a Logia mm -hmm. type with sand. And at that point in the anime, Logia types seem pretty unbeatable. There's no yeah. way to do it. But it's something simple that Luffy figures out that water makes sand stiff. So yeah. if you put water on Crocodile, it's going to weaken him. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the cool things. It's like things get balanced in some ways stupid powers like being rubber can be very useful for example when you are in skypey and you are trying to face the god of thunder you have not to... thor by the way not thor yeah <laughs> you have to think that in that point of the story most of the characters that we know would have died against enel mm -hmm. because enel First of all, well he has this ability called mantra later we'll uh, understand that that's hacky but apart from that, he's a Logia, Thunder, so he moves super fast. He is super destructive. Mm -hmm. But of course, he faces rubber. Yeah. And rubber doesn't conduct electricity. Yeah. So it's just that magic that something so silly like that, we have it that introduced in our world. It's very beautiful to see how a lot of cool powers... If they are in the wrong hands, they are going to do nothing. Mm. But then powers that seem very simple, if the user knows how to, you know, go forward, then they can be really great. Like, yeah. for example, I don't think that the power of the of the Flamingo, now that we mentioned it, is something that you would say, oh, wow, that's super interesting. You have threats, you know, it's... <laughs> But then how he uses his power, how he develops, how he shows every single characteristic of his powers, mm. that is what makes it very yeah. cool. I think it's also one of the way that they, they balance it. They give powers that could definitely take over the world. They put that in the hands of innocent good people that would never do it. Or or in bad people, like bad people that is not that great. Like Perona, she has a very, very dangerous power, but... Of course, well, she had to face Usup, which... <laughs> or you have, for example, Sugar, that she has very, very terrifying power. But, of course, Sugar is just, a, well, a woman that is inside the, bo the body of a child and it's not that strong. So, at the end, you the only thing that you have to do is avoid Sugar mm. touching you. Yeah. But her power, her power is terrifying. But because Oda gives her the other flaws, everything gets balanced out. Imagine a person like... Big Mom having the power of sugar. Yeah. The, that's the... That wouldn't go well. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of the less serious side. Then, obviously, we get bigger ways of balancing mm -hmm. things. Like I said, at the start, Logia-type powers were seen as very hard to beat. But then we learn about Haki and how that kind of really nerfs Logia yeah. powers because Haki can, can really fight against them. 
yeah that's another good thing it's like a good balancing out and now that we are talking about this one of the things that i really love, love about one piece and their powers is that they mostly all of them are unique mm -hmm. because we have some that they are very similar and all that stuff but i like that most of them are unique and when i'm saying this is that when i see a series when i was a child like dragon ball i still love them but the powers is like okay i transform into um Super Saiyan, and of course, someone has the characteristic Kamehameha or all that mm -hmm. stuff, but at the end, everyone throws beams, is super strong, and that's kind of it. Yeah. With One Piece, because every single fruit is different, you're going to find a lot of different mechanics, a lot yeah. of different combats. Of course, there are going to be things that are made more or less similar, but you will never find the same fight twice. It's true. And I think that really does keep things interesting. Yeah, because it it's keep, the same. And it keeps, especially the main characters, developing because they need to adapt and learn mm -hmm. how to fight all of these different powers. No, yeah, and it, it makes every, even villains fresh or every character that you meet fresh because it's like, first of all, you are always wondering, this is this character has a, a fruit, a devil fruit or, or not. not. Yeah. And apart from that are they good with hockey or not mm. and then if they have a fruit is a what kind of fruit is gonna be yeah it's gonna be a logia it's gonna be a paramecia it's gonna be a zoan or what what exactly what is gonna be the power they are gonna they are gonna have yeah and that that makes it nice because as a reader you are always with the questions on your head the same as i was saying before every island is a new adventure and you always want to see the islands mm. and see how it develops and all that stuff the same happens with the character under powers every time that you are introduced a character you want to know what kind of power will they have for example uh, we are basing this on the flamingo just and i think that is better because although we talk about the flamingo then we don't spoil other people other, other things so for, for example the flamingo that we were saying that he has this threats power. I'm not going to say what he can do or we cannot do. So if you haven't seen the series or if you haven't seen the Flamingo, well, you know he has threats, but you don't know exactly mm. how he uses them. But when he appears at the beginning, he appears doing some stuff, but still, because we don't know exactly which is her fruit at that point, it's like, okay, what is he doing? What he can do that? So everyone was super hyped about the Flamingo because it's like, we want to discover exactly what you can do. What you can do. Or the same happened with Kuma or mm. with other um, with other people. Is that every time that you see a person and it's introduced, it's like, okay, what what are they gonna do? What what is gonna be the same as for example with Goldie Roger is that everyone every time has been always the question of has Goldie Roger a fruit? Doesn't have Goldie Roger a fruit? Because was never stated. No. That's kind of like it, it brings debate, it enhances people's imagination, and it keeps makes us curious. Exactly, keeps you more connected to the story. Yeah, I think this is a good time to move on to the second thing mm -hmm. that I think helps keep One Piece fresh, which is their the strength of their character building. So we, we've talked a little bit about this in world building, but the one thing I I, I really really love about one piece is just how strong almost every character you meet even the small ones there's always something that makes you like or or really hate them yeah the personality wise you mean yeah they have yeah. really really strong personalities and the and the the main characters are always growing like i said but before we go on to the main characters i'd like to give some shout outs to the side characters 
Um, they're always really well fleshed out. They're, I've never met a character character that seems one-dimensional at all in one piece. No, they don't look like that. They have their own stories just as much as the main characters do. Starting with some of the villains. Villains are, or good characters that help the straw hats, all of them have strong personality and I completely agree with you. Like Villains for me will always extract Crocodile. Mm -hmm. um, Crocodile, I find it that is a very interesting villain. For me, as I said at the beginning, I started watching with Arabasta in uh, the anime mm -hmm. and with Skype in the in the manga. But Arabasta in the anime, it was when they introduced Crocodile and for me it was a super cool villain. Other villains have come, but Crocodile has always struck with me. I like how smart he looked, how powerful and intimidating he looked. And the cool thing about One Piece, that is what it, we are saying, is that, of course, Luffy will find him again in the future. Yeah. And we'll learn a little bit more about Crocodile in the future. But still, it's what I was saying before. We will find that we want to know more mm -hmm. about that character and that we don't know as much as we thought. Yeah. But it is great and he has a really, really, really strong personality. I always like these characters that hide behind the shadows. Mm -hmm. And Crocodile, of course, all his plot in, in Arabasta is a lot about that. Yeah. And about protecting his own image as a warlord of the mm -hmm. sea. I don't know, I, I, it's a, a character that it always struck with me and I think that he has a really strong personality. Yeah, I, I have my own one. So last episode, which you should go watch, where we did our deep dive into mm -hmm. Severus Snape, I was talking a lot about how Snape's intentions were bad, but his actions were good. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a villain in One Piece that is kind of the opposite of that, and that's Big Mom. I love Charlotte Big Mom. Charlotte Lin Lin. Yeah. I find her a really complex and interesting villain. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything about this villain, uh, they don't appear until quite a bit later. Yeah. Her whole thing is based on her morals. She really wants everyone to be equal and friends, which sounds great. Great yeah. intentions, but only on her terms in the way she wants it done. And she's willing to kill whoever gets in her way <laughs> yeah. to, to make that happen. So you might think, oh, that's really nice. That sounds really good. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's one of the things that makes her interesting and it also makes her a very difficult villain to just completely outright hate because you know why she's doing what she's doing. She's not going about it the right way. I think that she also does, does that because she feels lonely because yeah, of her past. Yeah, she's a very lonely character. Yeah. Despite being, she's the matriarch of her family and she has a lot of kids. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> but there is still always this loneliness to Big Mom because there's no one like her. No. And I think that that's just as equally fun as a villain like Doflamingo, who, spoiler alert for him as well, is a celestial dragon who definitely carries on that sense of entitlement that mm -hmm. celestial dragons have. And after years of being on the run and rejected, he just wants to see the world burn. Doflamingo is a character that is very easy to connect with because we, and mostly mainstream media, we always have loved uh, the Joker. Mm. And... He is kind of like the closest of the Joker of One Piece. I would uh, add him and probably Blackbeard because they seem so chaotic and manipulative and everything at the same time. But the Flamingo also has that mirroring that in the underworld and all that stuff, he calls himself the Joker. Um, so it is kind of cool, you know, that kind of character. And I, and I can see why people can connect with him so yeah. much because it's like he all wants to see uh, the, the world burn. For me, he was one of those villains that I just really loved hating. Yeah. 
exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly that. You love to hate him. So those are some of the villains we love that are amazing characters in One Piece. But I wanted to give a shout out as well to some of the, the smaller characters. And I hate saying smaller characters because for me, in One Piece, there are no small characters. They just aren't. No, they aren't. But I can understand why... Um, you you call them smaller characters, yeah? yeah? So which one would be for you? Oh, I have to go with Bon Clay. Yeah, who doesn't love all the old, good old Mr. Two? <laughs> exactly, we, we met him as Mr. Two. He was actually an enemy of the Straw Hat. But he just became so loyal to, to Luffy only because Luffy offered him friendship more than anything. Yeah. Sanji had a bit to do with it as well. We see Bon Clay um, become a, a fiercely loyal friend to, to Luffy. He helps him despite the fact that his life is constantly put in danger as a result. But he's also, despite being this very complex and interesting villain, he's also a really great source of comic relief. Mm -hmm. He's a flamboyant, dancing... Anomaly. Anomaly. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That is just so fun to watch. Like his character, the movements of of that character is, is just amazing. Pair that with his very loyal, caring attitude, and it's just one of my favorites. Yeah, I agree. Bon Clay is one of my favorites too. He was since the beginning, but of course later he becomes more. And he is an honorary straw hat for sure. Oh yeah, has yeah. to be. Yeah, he's an honorary straw hat for me. These kind of like, as you said, minor uh, characters, secondary characters that I would like to get for myself. I would say Senor Pink. I can understand that there are uh, characters that you may recall more or you may remember more, but I just like how he is written. Mm. In Senior Ping, we have... So when we are presented the Doflamingos um, crew, crew, yeah, our eyes go to this guy that is dressed as a baby and has sunglasses. Like grow, it, grown adult. Yeah, grown adult that is dressed as a baby, has sunglasses and has kind of like a Yakuza attitude. <laughs> always surrounded by women and all that stuff. And you just are like, what? Oh, that this is weird even for you, <laughs> you know? Um, that's one of all other things that we will find about One Piece is that there are a lot of weird stuff that in the world, world One Piece world makes sense. Yeah. And then he has this fight against Frankie, great fight uh, where... They, a fight of manliness. Yeah, a fight of manliness to see who is the bigger man or <laughs> uh, more manly. It's there. one of the most ridiculous fights. It is a very, very ridiculous <laughs> fight. And still you are like impressed by, by this man dressed as a baby. And then they tell you the story and it's a very tearful story, yeah. sad story. And it's like, oh my God, Senor Pink is like, how can you be so deep? It's, it's just a, yeah. an absurd. It, it's just like... And Oda always makes things make sense. So part of his backstory makes it makes it why he dresses as a baby make sense. Yeah. So that's why I add it as a secondary character. Probably there are secondaries that I love more. Oh, yeah. Like I Uh, have a a list of people I would have loved to spend the whole episode talking about. Like Sengoku, Boa Hancock, Vivi, Bellamy, Law, Bartholomew. Like, they're all amazing characters, and maybe that could be a future episode, yeah, maybe some of our favorite side characters. Yeah, I also would have loved people in the flashbacks, like Nolan and Calgara, mm. and other characters like Dr. or Professor Clover, mm. things like that, you know, um, or, or of course, um, Rocinante. 
de Old Corazón in, mm -hmm. in Don Quixote's Family. They are all strong characters, but I had to highlight one today and explain why and for me, Señor Pink, because it's one of those things that if you see it from outside, and that's one of the things that we were saying before, if we you see from outside, you have never heard anything about One Piece. And I present to you this fight between a robot with blue hair and a man dressed as a baby. <laughs> you tell me. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, man, there's no watch. I'm going to watch this. There's no, way. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna watch this. There's no way at all. When you are in the One Piece mentality and you have been reading or watching One Piece and you understand how the author goes and that there's a purpose behind the things, and then you watch the the fight and and watch the flashback, it's like something the dots connect, mm. and then something that looks so stupid and absurd, like what I described before, it makes sense and. Not only for me, but also for most people, is one of the biggest moments in One Piece. Not biggest that, oh my god, what a revelation. It's just biggest moments that it touched us because mm. it was something so silly. Yeah. That became so real. Yeah. Exactly. That's the joy of all of these side characters in One Piece. And it's one of the biggest reasons I think One Piece is so successful. It's so easy to fall in love or fall in hate with oh, yeah. with some of these characters that we get we become so interested in their stories it's just so easy to keep watching because we want to know what happens yeah. to them it is so easy to hate orochi, <laughs> orochi. yeah yeah the, yeah <laughs> we're just not gonna even get into it. no no yeah but of course we can't talk about the strength of characters without talking about the straw hats yeah we had to talk about the strong hats themselves uh, one of the great things about that group is you you often get um, characters in like teams mm -hmm. in animes that are more there to be tropes. Yeah. Like so, have the the hot one, the hot headed one, and <laughs> the um, the annoying one, or the one that always runs out. Like, yes, some of the main characters fall into these tropes, but they are so much more than that. They are so much more than that. They, they all really serve a purpose. Yeah, they are tropes, but tropes that serve a purpose and that they have a kind of like a, a deeper meaning. Yeah, they all have um, their purpose on the ship. They all have their own unique, strong personalities. So much so that you really get to know them. One of the things I've said to you many times is that the straw hats are so well developed for me that it's really hats off to Oda because they've never done anything that I've been like that's completely out of their character why did they let them do that exactly and even when you sometimes see oh why he has done that or she has done that that's out of their character then there would be an explanation yeah, behind that exactly like you you know if that happens that it's happening for a reason and you have to wait and try figure out what that exactly. reason is because when we had well the Nico Robin or Sanji situations, everyone was shocked and everyone was like, why they are doing this? Why are they leaving? Yeah, and well, everything had a everything had a connection. Even even something like for, for me, one of the biggest moments in One Piece that still won't be topped out, it's uh when Usup in Water Seven. Yeah, that it, was a big arc for Yeah, and even that moment, everything there makes sense. I think that's what it makes you connect the characters, is that they don't do nonsense stuff. Well, well they well, do nonsense stuff. they do a lot but, of nonsense stuff. <laughs> what I mean is that they don't do things that they, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense yeah, for them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense yeah. for them, exactly. 
they're they're very lovable and i think one of the things that i love most about them is their flaws like oda has not made them be perfect characters they all have very distinct unique flaws and usually very funny flaws yeah so like we have zoro always getting lost i love that one i know that a lot of people i have read this in reddit thousands of times people saying there it is zoro getting lost again for me it doesn't get old it doesn't and it's also i think just to go briefly back to the the balancing of the world whereas where they need luffy not to show up he gets stuck they need zoro not to show up he gets lost but it is so well connected that the first time that Luffy and Zoro meet, so first episode or first episodes of the manga, when Zoro and Luffy meet, when Luffy saves Zoro because he's going to be executed, I don't know if you mm, remember. Yeah, I remember, when they get together in the first boat, Luffy asks Zoro, well, and why, what you were doing in that island? And Zoro is, he says, well, I was going on my adventure searching for the strongest swordman of the world, but I got lost. <laughs> that is the first time, and people doesn't really make the connection, yeah. that Zoro says that he got lost, and of course he will get lost. Always. Yeah. Then, of course, we have Luffy's impulsivity. He gets slightly, and I do mean very slightly, better over the course of the, the anime and the manga, but... I, the amount of times I've been screaming at the TV going, Luffy, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's it's a lovable Not following feature. the like, plan. Like, you know it's happening. You know yeah. it's, that's what he's going to do. And then you have uh, Nami, of course, of with course. Her, her money grabbing. If she sees something valuable, she'll go try Money, and get every it. kind of treasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's little flaws like that that might at first seem kind of annoying, but you really do exactly. grow to love those parts of them. I And I love all of them, even Usup's coward, cowardness. Or, and his lies. And his lies. <laughs> but his lies are not kind of like a flaw because usually are lies that be, or become true or that help the, the straw hats in some way. Yeah. Uh, usually what he puts in danger is being coward, you yeah. know. But yeah, I like all of them. Yeah, and uh, the... The nice thing is the thing that, well, the two things I think that um, always tie them all together no matter what is their loyalty to each other and their belief in Luffy. Yeah, yeah. And that that's the most important thing. All of them think personally that Luffy will become the king of pirates and they will be showing that, that loyalty and that support in some occasions, several occasions, all of them. And it makes it great because it's a group that believes in each other mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do they're their chosen family yeah exactly they are a family that yeah that they have chosen and and uh, yeah you have put it in the best words yeah well that's it's something i see just to very briefly go on a small tangent it's a lot it's something i see a lot with um some of my clients that didn't grow up with the best birth families mm -hmm. They find these groups of friends that become their chosen families, and that's the term that they use for them. And I think it really applies here. 99.9% .9 of the characters that we get the backstories of in One Piece all have tragic backstories. Yeah. And I think that's why you see the, the different pirate groups, not just the Straw Hats, but all of the pirate groups kind of find the people that are they're meant to be mm -hmm. with their their own little pirate family and you really see that in the straw hat and that's what i did at the end the one piece will be the friends we make along the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh let's not go <laughs> but yeah they're the main characters like i said are always growing um we learn their backstories we see how those backstories have shaped them we have Sanji, for example, who has his strict moral code and will never hit a woman, 
because of his father figure, Zeph, and his mm -hmm. cold. You have Nami, who went through all that trauma with um, being, Arlong, yeah. being taken with Arlong, and we see that come out in her want to protect children and, and her money grabbing yeah. as well. And then we see them grow positively throughout the story as we go on the journey with them. I think Luffy is a good example yeah, of that. I wanted to highlight here, we see on Robin that she was betrayed once and again and again and again when she was a child until she found the real family that are the Straw Hats that will move everything, every single rock on, on the earth to recover her from the government and make all the enemies that they can just to recover her that she understands that that family loves her yeah, and that she can trust that family and that group. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's also very important and you can, we can see that growth. Yeah. And then, like I said, with Luffy actually seeing his journey, not so mm -hmm. much as... Well, you see a lot of his backstory and it makes yeah. it make sense too. But we do see slight bits of growth, whereas very much he's known for his impulsivity, impulsivity as we mentioned. He runs into situations without thinking. But after a certain point in the story where he... I don't want to spoil too much. There's a significant death for him. He loses the straw hats for a little while. He starts to learn that sometimes you need to follow a plan. Mm -hmm. You, as long as it's for his end goal, he's a little bit more willing to mm -hmm. to follow some sort of plan, and we do see him do that a bit more in Wano. So that's an example of just uh, how strong the characters mm -hmm. can be in One Piece. I don't want to get into it too much because I think it's an entire episode on its own. But, yeah, we can do another. But we've briefly probably. mentioned it already. One Piece is really good at tackling some very interesting themes. Yeah, it's full of interesting themes that, uh, again, we would never think that they would be in um, in an anime that at, at the beginning or in a manga that at, at the beginning may have the appearance of being something childish. Yeah, I think it really hits home, especially in Fishman Island, mm -hmm. where we um, see them do a whole arc about racism. Yeah, we and enslavement. Exactly. We have we knew that there was a problem with the fishman since Nami's uh, saga, you know, but it comes deeper in Shabondi and later in Fishman Island, mm. all the slavery, racism. But it goes always further. It goes about child experimentation. Mm -hmm. It goes about wiping a whole civilization because they were meddling with things that they shouldn't. Uh, races that have been prosecuted, child abuse. Mm -hmm. Government corruption is a huge theme throughout all of One Piece. Government corruption, arm, arms dealing, or how those same arms dealers are protected by other governments. Mm -hmm. Things that they are happening, unfortunately, in our world, and that probably you wouldn't imagine they would appear in somewhere like One Piece. Yeah. I could uh, see that appearing in Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. And, and it does. A lot of those racism <laughs> and wiping a civilization and whatever you and, and experimentation you see that in also in Full Metal Alchemist. But anyway, this is not the Full Metal Alchemist episode. But in One Piece, all those themes that you would never think you would find. And Oda doesn't shy away from it. No, he I, doesn't. I never feel like these issues are like you know in a lot of um media these days you can get issues presented in a way that it feels very shoved in your face that that's the main problem of a lot of things it's like oh yeah 
racism bad or whatever it's like of course racism bad but yeah but this making more organic yeah it was very naturally done and i think it was very good at showing the results of years of racism yeah on a on a on a race of, of being yeah i think that that's the the good way of showing and including it in a story make it organic make it the also that's a part of the world building make it a problem of that world yeah so, not just something forced on it exactly so the world looks alive mm -hmm. you know and i think that is that is also really great yeah it, it, it kind of goes into the world building again because where it makes the the world more real having all of these kind of political and social issues makes a world real because it's very hard to have a perfect world where everyone's happy all the time exactly i think it also helps us relate to it because like you said a couple of times the one piece world and our world are not the same and no. it's something we have to keep in mind but because they have similar social and political issues to us it helps us understand their world mm -hmm. it does so that might be an episode in the future, but we wanted to give it a mention because it, it is part of the aliveness of one. Yeah, piece. and it's part of the important thing. Maybe it's something that draws you to to watch the um, the series. Yeah, the, it never feels like there's a very strong agenda with it, but the issues are put in front of mm -hmm. you. They are. So it seems that everything is perfect in One Piece. <laughs> everything pink color. Everything's happiness, sunshine, and rainbows. Yeah. Uh, is there something that before we finish our episode you would like to highlight, like? Oh, well, I could give this another turn because in One Piece it's not the best. I This is a pro and a con for okay. me. Okay. So I think one of the, the things that allows people to become invested in a story is its storyteller. Uh-huh. If you have a storyteller that is invested and loves their story, you can't help but want to follow along with uh -huh. them. And I think that is completely the case with Oda. Oda loves the story of One Piece. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And it you really you feel it so much throughout the series. It's not one of these series where you feel like, oh my god, a thousand episodes, they're just trying to grab cash at this point. Yeah, it's not it, like Dragon Ball yeah. or It has never <laughs> felt that way yeah. to me. It's never been like, oh, I've th loosely thrown a story together so I get a few volumes out of it. Mm -hmm. Like everything feels on purpose, part of the story, and it's always been part of the story. Oda's just telling it because this is the way the story has always mm -hmm. got to be. But I think it can also be a con mm -hmm. because Oda loves his characters so much, he refuses to kill them. <laughs> yeah, he... De nope. There's no death in Basing Se. He's like the opposite of George R. R. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> like, in fairness, it can be a good thing in the sense that when a death does happen... It hits. It really hits. It's super impactful, super emotional. But there are there has been a few times where a character has showed up again that we thought was dead. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> really, this guy? I, there's a running joke when we watch the anime together where I'm like, if there was, there's smoke there. There's, I'm not seeing a dead body. That person's not dead. It has come to a moment that if we don't see the lifeless body, it's not dead. And, well, we mentioned Orochi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch out for that one. Yeah. Um, it, It's very sweet in a way, but it, it can be frustrating because I do think... You don't have to go around killing everyone, but like there, there were natural deaths. I'm going to give you a spoiler for the Alabasta storyline, so yeah. if you haven't gotten there. Pell, for example. Pell should have died. There was no reason that they needed to keep Pell alive. No, not for now. Yeah. 
And then the other thing is there's there's a childishness to Oda that's very nice and I do like it, but it comes out a lot negatively for me in mm-hmm. his in some of the fights in One Piece. Yeah, like there are there are fights that I think you don't need to see, and I'm going to give you uh, an example of two fights in Wano. Yeah. Um. So spoiler alert for them. The two fights I'm going to point out the difference between mm-hmm. are Frankie and Suzaki. Yeah. And Nami and, and Ulti. Yeah. So Nami and Ulti's fight makes sense. Yeah. It progresses Nami's character. She it helps with her um, relationship with Zeus and her powers. So even though it's a side character fight, it makes sense for me. Yeah. Frankie versus Suzaki has no point. It does not develop Frankie's character. It does not make the plot move forward in any way. And Wano was one of those arcs where I was actually really starting to feel like, okay, this is dragging a bit. But probably more because of Toei. And, and, I, will, and no, the, I, will, I will say that. It's probably Toei's fault more than Oda's. And their decision of putting a flashback of the thing that happened one episode ago three times in the same episode. Yeah. So there, there is a bit of that, and I totally get that. But I do think that Oda has this obsession with including every possible detail that he wants to include, and there are some details that we won't lose out not having. And Frankie's and Suzaki's fight is one of those. For In me. some ways, I understand it, but uh, one of the things that Oda has and how things have become complex is the more characters you start adding, the more fights you have to organize because every yeah. character has to have their moment. Even if it's just a simple fight like Frankie against Sasaki. Yeah, Sasaki. but it, it was it was at least uh, two episodes. But in this case, it goes a little bit about the child Oda himself is. Uh, we have been sh- shown that in uh, during the series how they love the Mugiwaras, the, the Straw Hats love robots, or they love ninjas, or they yeah. love... Like if they were small kids. So what better dream for a kid to have a robot like Frankie and a dinosaur yeah. like Sasaki fighting just for the sake of fighting because that's what we kids do. We make a robot and a dinosaur fight each other. Yeah, and I could see the point for that if like Chopper, Usopp, the ones that usually get excited by those things were around watching it and reacting and it would have provided a bit of comic relief, but there's no one around to do that. Yeah, I can see that. So it's just a, a little bit of how Oda's love can kind of make things maybe last a bit too much. Oda, you love your work too much. <laughs> no, we love that you love it that much. Because at the end, even if it drags out a little bit, that amount of crazy detail that yeah. he has, it's what it makes it's us, what, it's what makes us fall in love. Exactly. With it, it is one of the, the positives as well mm-hmm. as the negatives. And Oda, I think, also recognizes it's a product to sell. I think most of it is his love, but there are things he does that... Um, I dislike because I know that it's to sell yeah. stuff. So for me, I'm going to very briefly go into it because I know that we're short on time. But the female body types uh-huh. in One Piece are usually the same, mm-hmm. especially after the time skip. I think the men kind of physically, you could see their they looked stronger, whereas the women, just their boobs got bigger. Um, but is I do... not that how you women got the stronger? No, that is not how okay. we got stronger. Trust me, I'd be a, I'd be the strongest woman <laughs> on earth if that was how it worked. <laughs> but I do think he takes kind of digs at it. We see Big Mom and um, Shinobu and oh, what's the mermaid on? Kokoro. Yeah, like he makes digs at it. Big Mom 
gets skinny and pretty. I'm using air quotes in case you can't see that because we're on a podcast. Yeah, air, air quotes don't work <laughs> no, in a podcast. But the, he does that for when she starts starving herself, yeah. which I think says something. And then you have Shinobu, who is this female ninja that has this power of like mature um sexuality that she yeah. she doesn't understand why men don't like fall all over her no. and stuff like that he does make comments subtly about it but it, i i do think there's a little bit of anime and manga lovers liking the, the skinny girls with, with the big boobs and we have a lot of that in one piece we have and i have to agree on that and that, that's something that i don't think of course we have a lot of uh, women types uh, we have other um, we have this one in the baroque works working from crocodile that she was very strong i forgot her name she was in whiskey peak fighting Kagenzoro. but yeah mostly we can see that female types the body is mostly the same with while male you have a lot of different types yeah. and that doesn't matter that much and i can see why you well, you see that way. Well, we have another strong woman that is completely different, Isuru from the Marines, that is the, the old woman. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. yeah, there are there are not that many. You can mostly women out of the, the skinny, yeah. uh, that stereotype, it's like five or ten uh, com- comparing with the with men. With the rest, yeah. yeah. Not to end on a sour note, because no, of course I, it's not. not something that's enough to make me stop watching. I understand why it has to be done. We know yeah. where we come from. Yeah, we, we what we're trying to say is yes, One Piece is an amazing series, but it, it has its flaws as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're coming to the end of the episode. Yeah, we will be doing a special Christmas episode for our 12th episode because, of course, uh, next episode is Christmas time. Yeah, it falls on Christmas Day, I think. The release. Well, yeah, I think so. So, yeah. yeah, we'll have to prepare that episode. And, of course, it's going to be a Christmas episode. We are going to make a Christmas episode. I still haven't thought exactly what is going to be the topic itself. But if you have any ideas, well, you can come to our at NerdingDeep on Twitter and we will be able to... well. Hear your suggestions. Yeah, hear your suggestions. Or if you want to send them to our Gmail, it's nerdingindedeep at, at gmail.com. So we can also hear or read your your fan mail there. <laughs> oh, yeah, big fan mail. I'm yeah. sure we're going to get hundreds. We have been active, very active <laughs> there. Yeah. Everyone talking how great was our episode on Severus Night. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. For now, we're going to end it there. We hope that if you haven't watched One Piece, you might be more inclined to give it a try. Mm-hmm. We tried our best not to spoil too much for you. And for those of you that are still watching One Piece, that you continue to enjoy it and maybe have some points that you felt that we missed again, look us up on our Twitter. We'll be welcome to, to hearing them. And especially for those who maybe were watching One Piece and dropped it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Those are crazy people in mm-hmm. a way to me. Mm-hmm. But if you did it, maybe we've inspired you to maybe give it another go. Yeah. Lighten the spark. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. It's worth it. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to leave it there. We hope you enjoyed our first anime-related episode. I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more coming Mm. up. Uh, For now, I'm Valerie. I'm Carlos. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.